Welcome to Energy Works. Today we are talking about facing your demons. And I think facing your demons is a very hard thing to do. We all think we can do it, we all think we can do it easily, but it's not always easy. I think uh, this week has been a time for me to face a few of my own demons. And um, for me, probably, and probably as most people, when I was young, I was uh, bullied at school. Uh, my option to be to avoid being bullied was to go and sit in um, the classroom at lunchtime instead of going outside and to read books. So I escaped. And so um, this escape pattern probably was set up at that time and it's the thing that I've always done to get away from problems. So I really hate facing bullies and I hate being criticised and I find it hard to deal with criticism big time. So I uh, wanted to do, you know, some work on this facing your demons because I think each of us have demons. We may we may, may not want to admit it. We may not think that we're doing that bad and, you know, it's okay if we don't face our demons, you know, it'll be fine. And, and it's true. You can go through a lot of your life not facing them. I'm 50, 53. So, but I think in the end, all the demons come to meet us. And I think the fear of the demon is bigger than actually facing the demon. And I think even though we may feel, um, maybe we feel weak or maybe we feel inadequate to deal with it, in the end, the truth is the truth. And, uh, you know, some things we can deal well with and some things we can't. And facing our demons can be scary, upsetting, offensive, soul-destroying sometimes. But I think in the end, once we go through, you know, what it is that we're facing, thinking about how we want to feel in the end, thinking about, you know, how we want to feel in a year's time, all those things need to be faced. And if we can keep the end point in in sight, I think we can work through anything. And of course we have friends that will stand by us, family members, at least usually some family members that will stand by us and who will encourage us and hold our hand and give us a hug when we cry and and face what we have to face. So sometimes, often, I'm going to say, often the demons are people, although we're the faces of people close to us. So it's important, I think, that we even though it may cause us tears and even though it may be hard, that we have someone close by us that will hold our hand as we do it and that we look at what we really feel as we're facing these demons. So, you know, for me, as I was facing a particular problem this week, uh, a lot of dark things came up. Like, it was things like not loving my body, not feeling successful. Uh, feeling that I've failed in my family, uh, feeling like I've failed, uh, financially, and, uh, you know, feeling perhaps being unable to feel my self-worth 
And I think, you know, each of us at some point in time do feel these things and do find it hard to deal with. And um, I'm just very grateful to the friend who uh, stood by me while I was going through these things. And it was very dark and I cried a lot, blew my nose a lot and, you know, found it painful, to say the least, to face these things. But... Having faced them, even though it was hard and painful, I felt so much clearer afterwards and the thing that represented a demon doesn't feel so bad now. It doesn't feel so scary. It's not the way I would like it to go, but I don't feel so attached to the outcome now. I am very grateful to all of you who encourage me because, like you, I have days where I feel that I am a dismal failure and some days that I feel like, oh, yeah, I can do this. And to me, yes, thank you, uh, the, those little bits of encouragement or hearing that whatever I did made a difference helped me tremendously. And I bear all these things, not because I want sympathy, but I want to, I want you to know that there's nothing wrong with you when you feel these things. These are normal things. This is how everybody feels. We often deny it and we pretend it doesn't exist and it's like saying a poo doesn't stink. Same thing. It stinks. And and facing the demon stinks too. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And I think it's it's a bit like childbirth, isn't it? You know, we're fearful of labour and what will happen. And yes, it is hard. It's the hardest thing you'll ever face at the time. But you get through it and in the end you have a beautiful baby afterwards which is the reward. And I guess, you know, in birthing our dreams and in birthing what we will do in life, it's painful. There's a labor. It's You feel that you can't carry on. You feel like it's more than you can bear, You're, more than your soul can bear, more than your body can bear, more than your heart can bear. And all these things are, in the end, empower us and help us to be strong. Uh, you know, you, once you've had a baby, you never uh, worry about people seeing your body after that. It's like done and dusted. You just have to do what you had to do. We don't, still don't want to, um, well, especially me, I've got, you know, I have a lot of stretch marks. I don't like them. But, you know, they are part of the story that my body tells about what my life has been. And it, I get teary when I think about this, but each child has been a blessing and each child has been a difficulty. Love them dearly. Would not, wouldn't not have any one of them. And the same with the demons that I face in my life. These, these things are hard. We don't like to face them, but the, the facing of them is what makes us and it what gives us the courage to try anything that we would like to try. And yes, we may fail at parts of our life. It's true. But doesn't mean we're not a good person, doesn't mean that we can't try again, doesn't mean that we won't overcome. It means, though, that we have courage and that it means that we have strength beyond the capacity that we realise we have. And um, these strengths and these overcoming and facing empowers us to keep trying and to keep going forward. And if I can do that for you, I, I am more than happy. I feel that we need to have someone in our life that 
has our back, you know, someone that understands us, someone that gets us, someone that doesn't want to be critical of us, someone that just, you know, loves us and is there for us regardless. And sometimes these are family members, sometimes these are friends, sometimes this is our coach or sometimes it's our uh, people we work with. But whoever it is, we need to accept their love and accept their help and not see accepting help as a weakness. Um, and that's been another hard one for me to overcome in my life too. I've felt like, um, because of family circumstances that I've needed to do things on my own. So in some ways that's made a problem because then I feel like I must do things on my own, uh, or I'm not being successful. And so some of my good friends have shown me that, you know, accepting help is not a weakness and it's nice to feel loved and helped. And, you know, sometimes um, we're uh, receiving the love and the help and sometimes we're giving it. And I think, you know, if I can help you and I do the radio show or just Energy Works, we're calling it now, but I do that to help. And sometimes I wonder, you know, am I doing any help? But if I hear from someone that says, yes, that helped me, well, then that makes it feel worthwhile to me. And so the same it is with what you have to offer in life. If it makes one a difference to one person and it lifts someone up, it's a success. And even though it may be only one person that you help, if these people pay it forward, then that can help someone else and someone else and the ripples spread. And before you know it, you've influenced many more people than you realize and many more people that you, than you thought were possible to influence in your life. One of my most strongest feelings that I want to impart to anybody is this capacity that you have within you to help other people and to make a difference in the world. And we, we so often let our weaknesses and our failings prevent us from opening our mouth, prevent us from reaching out, prevent us from trying because the fear of failure is so strong. But, you know, as I've said before, when you're 19 sitting on your porch, you'll say, yeah, I had a go at that, didn't work, but at least you had a go. If you didn't have a go, you'd be sitting there thinking, why didn't I try that? And, you know, once you've tried something, you can see if it works. Maybe not all of it's a failure. Maybe a little bit you'd think, well, I could do that differently next time or I'll try this way differently. And, you know, it's the same with everything that we do. The first energy works I did, um, I did it because I was challenged to teach. I didn't believe I could do it. But my desire to accomplish a particular goal um, was so strong that I decided I would have a go. And even though I was still working in my business and, you know, raising a family and having seven children love them, that seven children represent seven different types of problems. And even though I felt a failure in many aspects of my life, my desire to do this was so strong that I was willing to have a go. I faced my fear of technology. I faced my fear of failure. I faced my fear of being weak if I asked for help. And I can tell you right now, I couldn't have done it without all my friends' help. Because I knew nothing about writing documents 
we had them all separate documents and every time we altered something, every page would have to be altered. And my loving husband, who offered to print it all for me for nothing, was there taking a day off his work as well as many of my other friends, all working these things out and eventually put this manual together. So I apologise to all the trees that we wasted and to all the people's time that were wasted that day because I didn't know how. But through the love of my friends and the support that I had, it happened. And doing that first event that I did was a life changer. And I don't know if it was a life changer for everyone else, but it was a life changer for me. And I I know through what I went through in that experience that it was the best and it was the worst. But I'm changed through that experience. And I, if, if I would say nothing else, that is what I want for you. To, to have someone hold your hand. I'm willing to hold your hand. I don't know how good I am at it, but I'm willing to hold your hand and step you through what I know to help you be who you, who you want to be and who is within your heart to be. And there is no benefit in the world to you hiding or to you not being who you're supposed to be. No benefit at all. And so I want you to have the courage to take courage and to, if you don't have enough courage of your own, take some of my courage and take some of your friends' courage and your family members' courage and try anyway. All that can happen is some parts of it you will do differently next time. Nothing wrong with that. But if you don't try, you will kick your own butt for the rest of your life. So I wanted to clear some energy around this and I you know, wanted to also extend an invitation to you to contact me if you need help because this is what I love to do. Okay, so we're going to go into the sixth chakra, which is about trusting your intuition, isn't it? And I think this is what it comes down to. Often, you know, the voice in our head is the voice of our mum or our dad or an old boss or, you know, somebody, some bully in our past that made us doubt ourselves. And, you know, the more that we can hear ourselves talking positively, record ourselves talking positively and listen to these things, read uplifting things, the more the voice of that boss or whoever it is that's critical will fade. Okay, let's go fifth chakra now. And fifth chakra is another one of my demons, you know, having the voice to speak up. I've not always believed what I said was important. The difficulties that I went through with my family made me doubt every decision I'd ever made as a mother and, you know, doubt the way that I did things and doubt myself as a person. And so this has been a hard thing for me to face too. And the mouth comes up here. And, you know, if you had to vomit and you're trying not to vomit, What's going to suffer? Your throat, your stomach, your mouth, your gums, your teeth, you know, all this area that you're preventing from saying what you need to say will be damaged by not saying it. So the failure to express who we really are. And you know, some of the most, some of the most inspiring people are people like Oprah and people who are like uh, Sam Cawthorn and people that who have been through horrendous experiences and have used those experiences for good 
and, you know, to move forward and to not, you know, stay in difficulty and to um, to use the most terrible experiences of their life to be the platform to move forward. And this these people's ability to speak up through the times of trouble and about the times of trouble and to speak openly and honestly is what helps us. And your sharing of your difficulties is not supposed to be a big wah-wah. It's supposed to be what I've learned through this, how I can help others through this. And it makes all those uh, difficult and bitter experiences sweet. All right, so now part of our energy field comes up here. The Celtic, the Celtic weave, which is a beautiful weaving of our energy that continually reweaves. And if you think about it, this is how we can do our life too, even though things may uh, go awry at some stage and be difficult, we can reweave our lives. And the area that's damaged is um, the lower back. And stubbornness is hidden in there. And probably the stubbornness towards how we see ourselves, the stubbornness to see ourselves as less than. Uh, let's put in an affirmation. I no longer listen to the negative voices in my head. Uh, Susan Jeff is in her book, um, Feel the Fear, Do It Anyway. She calls that voice the chatterbox. And the chatterbox is not us. It's our manufactured ego trying to put us off our course because then they're out of a job. So now we're going to the seventh chakra. And this involves being disconnected from the divinity within us. And we all do have divinity within us. And we all have this capacity to live by following our intuition and following um, what God or the universe would talk to us in, in, in our hearts and in our minds if we can be still and let that come in. And I think the trick is being still. And I would have to say I struggle with that one a lot. And, um, you know, I try and pray and try and be still afterwards. But the voice sometimes is very persistent and very loud and tries to drown out any other voices that we have. So, you know, learning to, um, learning to do what we can do is, is very important and it's important to, um, to be able to, um, to be able to decide which voice we're listening to. I remember hearing the example of, um, it was a story and, you know, this one lady, it was Christmas time and she had to buy a present for someone who had lots of money and she didn't. And she didn't know what she wanted to do. And she was in a busy city and, and she didn't know where to go or what to do. But as she stopped and was still, in the hustle and the bustle and all the noise, she could hear this little bell. And following the bell led her to a Santa Claus and led her to finding someone to help because she she knew that the people that she wanted to buy something for didn't need anything. So she decided that she would help someone else and give that as a representation from them. And so she listened to this tiny little bell that was ringing in the noise of all the whole city. And that listening to that little bell and following that tiny 
tiny inspiration led her to buy baby clothes and give them to someone that was lacking. And she was able to make a difference and give that gift to the family that she was staying with as an exchange student. So there are little bells in your life. Often we miss them because there are people shouting at us and responsibilities calling us, failures tapping us on the shoulder that we continually are trying to ignore. But to follow that little voice of inspiration is what makes the difference. I'm worthy of divine love and protection. I am enough regardless of what I own. I can see past the minor irritations of life and see the whole picture. I see my problems as lessons of growth, not failure. It's okay to peel away the layers and expose the real me. The real me is worth knowing. The real me is worth sharing. It's safe to be happy. I allow myself to be happy. I allow myself to be happy throughout the journey, even through the difficult times. So now we're trying to clear things for our path and to follow the path that is presented to us as an opportunity. And even though often, mostly, the path to opportunity is often presented in the form of a problem or a weakness or an addiction or some other catastrophe in our lives. We take those problems and we run with them and we walk with them and ponder over them and pray over them and fast over them and, uh, you know, ask for help over them. And as we're doing all these things, we share what we learn, we share the pain, we share the difficulty, we share the the nuggets, the little golden nuggets that we find along the way that help us evolve in that journey and for the diamonds to be found because the diamonds are never just strewn across the path. The diamonds are embedded in the in the difficulties of life. And I guess it's a bit like mining, isn't it? The 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 gems and the you know, the the rare beauties and the important things are often buried deep and and at great cost are extracted from our lives. But that makes them all the more valuable to us and the process of extracting them is valuable to us. And the ability to go through that pain and that difficulty is what helps us to help other people. Now, a little bit generational here on Dad's side, Dad's mum. And uh, sometimes the people that I, when we talk, do this generational stuff, sometimes it's your people, sometimes it's my people. And my, my Dad's mum had eight children seven boys and one girl, and she played the piano. She had diabetes, and she had unfaithfulness and other things, that, and a war, and some of her children being captured and luckily escaping from the war, although one child was was, uh, working in um, Indonesia and ran over a mine, so they lost one and found out later that he had a girlfriend who was pregnant and had a baby, and they later found these people. 
So even out of all that difficulty and pain came good. And this is the same with all the things in life. You know, many of the things that happen, we don't see the good out of it. My uncle used to have this funny saying, he said, and now after everything, even grandma is pregnant. And, you know, sometimes we can feel that that would be the worst thing. But truly, anybody being pregnant and having a baby, even though we may see it as a difficulty at the time and more burden, each child brings joy. And each child brings their own love and their own lessons and their own gifts. And our lives are always better for another child. Okay, so something in the timeline now. Age three, and the feeling of being galled. And it's more of a sensitivity to other people being galled with us. Age 17, age 20, 23... 29, 41, the feeling of being bewildered. And some of life's experiences do leave us bewildered. You know, why would that happen? Why did I need that problem? Why why is that? And at the time, we cannot see any possible reason. Many times, people see it as a punishment. None of our trials are ever a punishment. They're opportunities to learn. It's the opportunity to own something. The feeling of being overlooked, neglected, the feeling of being worthless, the feeling of being left out, a little bit more in the timeline. Birth, I am valued and appreciated for who I am. My problems are the perfect problems for me. Uh, One of the essential oil, I think it's, Dr. Lawton talked about when we have babies with problems or children with problems to wait till they're asleep and to go into their bedroom at night and say peacefully and quietly how much we love them, how much we appreciate them being in our family, no matter what problem they have, that we're willing to do whatever it takes to help them get through that problem and that we're going to be there. And she suggested that we do this maybe three or four times. And it doesn't have to be consecutively. But imagine how you would feel if you knew that someone was there and that no matter what problem you had, that they would be there, that they would love you and that they would help you get through that problem. That's an amazing backstop, isn't it? I think that's kind of, we got to the bottom of that this week. So I wish you well in facing your demons. I just want to say to you, I'm so happy to know you, to have the opportunity to help you, and your life enriches mine, so keep shining, because I need you to shine too.